The CGA Tour, a podcast unlike any other. Now your host, Calvin Alexander. Welcome back to the latest episode of the CGA Tour podcast. I'm your host, Calvin Glenn Alexander. And on this episode of the podcast, I am joined by Wayne Fair as we recap week 16. 16 weeks in a row, almost. I think there's one week where I missed, but 16 weeks here of NFL football. We've been recapping now. One week left to go, but a lot of big stuff here happened in the last week. So I'm, of course, rejoined by Wayne Ferret himself. Wayne, how's it going? Uh, it's a little bit stressed for you this week, <laughs> especially with the uh, Eagles being officially eliminated. We'll talk about that later on in the podcast. But, uh, you know, Christmas season wasn't too bad. Uh, I got to spend some time with some family and friends, obviously abiding by the CDC rules uh, with the 10 people or less. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, a great weekend of football. Um, as usual, um, Calvin, I'll kick it off with uh, my big winners from the week. I'll give you a second to breathe over there. Um, my number one winner this week was the Miami Dolphins. So they were the first game of the week, I believe. Um, and realistically, they, they squeaked out a W. Um, one that I was pretty impressed by uh to be quite frank with you the, the Raiders and John Gruden uh came in with a, a game plan to keep their playoff hopes alive and you know took it all the way down the field and uh with 19 seconds left in the game um instead of scoring a touchdown to go up they decided to you know pretty much run the clock out get the field goal and go up by two points with 19 seconds left in the game and uh you know, early on in the game, Tua Tagovailoa didn't have the the best stuff, and this has been a topic. I feel like every other week with Miami with Tua, obviously he's a rookie, but uh, they put in uh, Fitzpatrick. See, there was a little Fitz magic left um, when they got the ball back with 19 seconds left. He uh, dropped back, threw a pass um, down the field, and honestly, I have no idea what the you know Vegas Raider defender was thinking. Face masked him. Uh, just see like the, the strength of Fitzpatrick to, to push that ball down the field, and he still completed, I believe. Mac Hollins uh, right there, you know, going out of bounds. They got the catch up by like the, you know, 40 yard line and they got the 15 yard penalty over that. So they were already in field goal range. Um, and then they basically just set themselves up and, you know, were able to squeak out a 126 25. Um, I'm pretty darn impressed um, with how this team keeps winning games. Um, with 19 seconds left, I was like, wow, that was pretty smart by uh, John Gruden. But, you know, that's what, uh, that's what you get, you know. You know, run the clock out, and um, you know, really big props to Miami, and you know, they could be a playoff team uh, if they win this week versus Buffalo, which I believe Buffalo has something to play for. I think if they win, they lock up the two seed, um, and uh, they could still end up with the top five pick because if you remember last year with the Laramie Dunsell trade, um, the Houston Texans have not played good football this year. I believe their pick currently sits at pick four. So um, be on the lookout for that as we head into week uh, 17. I mean, I think the Texans have to play the Titans, and the Titans have to win to stay in the playoffs. So uh, props to Miami. I mean, they came in with a game plan this year, and you know, it's almost like they're, be, they're able to rebuild, and they got all these guys some playoff experience. Uh, my number two winner of the week uh, was actually a loser, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Congratulations. You guys are now officially on the clock for the NFL draft coming up uh, in April. and. Um, you know, the number one pick, I mean, they can go many different ways. Jacksonville, I, I wouldn't say they're too far off from being a uh, relevant team again. 
So maybe they go the Trevor Lawrence route. Is it going to be Doug Marone there next year? I'm hearing rumors about possibly Urban Meyer coming out of retirement um, in college football and coming down to coach in Jacksonville. Could you imagine, you know, Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence down there? Um, definitely an exciting time to be a Jaguars fan, as crazy as that sounds. I mean, they can absolutely come out and play to win this week and not have to worry about the consequence. So, you know, props to them. Um, I know a lot of people before the year predicted them to get the number one overall pick. They won week one. Um, I don't remember who they played, but they won week one. And people were, oh, I don't know, maybe Gardner Minshew's legit. And they've lost every game since then. So they're my number two uh, winners of the week, even though they are losers. And my number three one, and I have to apologize to Pittsburgh Steelers fans. Like, I've been tough on the team the last, I don't know, maybe like six weeks, saying that the schedule has been cupcake. And, you know, they came into this game versus Indianapolis, and they dug themselves into a hole. And, you know, I, I put a tweet out there, and I said, again, like, Say with me, Steelers fans, you guys had a cupcake schedule for the first 11 games. Um, and they, they rallied and got their self back into it. And I was just overall impressed. They made me eat my words. And um, like I said, it was it was nice to see that. I mean, you haven't seen those Steelers in three or four weeks. Uh, they were back to their dancing shenanigans in the locker room after that. Ben Roethlisberger had a great game, 342 yards and three touchdowns. And for some reason, they just... They can't run the football, and I like when I remember. Like, you think of Pittsburgh Steelers football, you think of a team who's just you know grounds and pounds you into the ground. Um, yeah, they haven't done that this year. It's been more through the air. So figure that out. The nice thing is they clinched their division already, and they have a game versus Cleveland this week uh, that basically will decide if Cleveland makes the playoffs. They're going to give Ben a, a week off. That uh, makes a little revenge game. Um, Calvin, I know you're probably excited to. Tune in to watch him play. So, Pittsburgh, good job. You're not going to be the last seed in the playoffs. Um, props to you. Um, but I'll kick it over to you now, now, Calvin. What do you got to say about uh, your winners of this past week? So, for my winners from the past week, I I have I have a couple of different scenarios here as far as winners go, I guess. Um, the big winners that I have, and of course, thank you for letting me take a breather there for a second. But... I have the the Bills and the Saints, um, kind of as like a double winner or so. Both played extremely well against teams that they were predicted to beat. So, yes, the Bills beat the Patriots. But then again, the Patriots always seem like they're around. Like, they're never really out of it. And the Bills, I, I don't even know if they needed the win to clinch the division. They probably did with the Dolphins not too far off necessarily. But... You know what? Um, Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, that whole team, the Bills' defense too... Just looks incredible. I have all three of those in my one of my fantasy leagues, but they they played incredible and against New England's defense. Granted, they're not at full strength. They I don't think Stephon Gilmore played. He this might have been the last game we saw him play in NFL jersey. Actually, excuse me, um, at least for the Patriots. But the the Bills just they took care of business. They did what they needed to do. They took care of business. And Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs still have a great connection. Cole Beasley's not bad either. The Bills seem like they're coming into shape. They're coming into form here as we get towards the playoffs. And I like the MVP talk about Josh Allen. I don't think necessarily he deserves it. Of course, there's Mahomes. Of course, there's Aaron Rodgers. But Mahomes has kind of fallen apart a little bit the last couple weeks. And it doesn't seem necessarily like he's just going to be there. And Josh Allen at least deserves to be in the conversation. I'll say it that way. Uh, Drew Brees and the Saints took care of business as well. But really, I'm sandbagging the guy who I should be talking about, which is... Of course, Alvin Kamara, who went off for six touchdowns and 
won the fantasy league matchup my brother and I have against each other, at least the week one of it, uh, with a 50 plus point performance. And that was an insane just out outing, you know, overall. I was looking at the fantasy stats and everything, and the Vikings were still close. Kirk Cousins didn't have that bad of a game necessarily, but they did score 30 points, just the Saints scored 50. And Alvin Kamara scoring that much in an NFL game is insane. Um, scoring that many touchdowns too. Granted, not even on 200 yards uh, carrying, but still, that that's insane um, and awesome. So Bills and Saints kind of there is the first winner. Just they both took care of business and did what they need to do against lesser opponents, but nonetheless, still, um, still, you know, respective matchups within their own conference that they haven't always beaten year after year. So next winners here I have is the Bengals and the Jets. The Jets won last week. They um they, they weirdly won. They beat the Rams. Don't know really what happened. And this week, they just doubled up on it, and they said, hey, screw it, we're just going to try to keep winning here. And they beat the Browns. So I think Adam Gaze definitely deserves a new gig somewhere else, slash not with New York and probably not as a head coach after this season. But it is something good to see out of the whole entire team, I guess, um, out of the Jets. Sam Darnold didn't look bad and had a pretty decent game. And now that, of course, the Jets won their way out of the number one overall um, draft pick. No, they'll have a chance to see what Sam Darnold has next year and probably draft another offensive lineman. We saw how drafting offensive lineman has helped out Baker Mayfield this year, at least. And, and the Jets hopefully draft an offensive lineman as well and hopefully can help out a guy who was in the same draft class as Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold and see how he does. So Jets there. And then the Bengals, it's not too much on them necessarily. They won. Good win. I'm not necessarily going to talk a bunch about the Bengals just, you know, taking care of business and killing everyone, et cetera, et cetera. I, it's probably worse for the Bengals, and it is worse for the Jets to have a worse draft pick because they're not making the playoffs, but one's a win. So we'll just kind of kind of move on on that one there. Um, and the third winner that I'll have that's not a combined winner, that's just a true outright winner, is the Chargers. And listen, I have gotten on to LA. I've gotten on to the Chargers earlier on this season. I had them in my loser column for weeks in a row because they were losing all of these close games, and it just seemed weird. It just seemed too weird to be true. So when the Chargers pull off a close one, another, again, back-to-back weeks where it's a close one, I'll give them props for it. And I'll say, listen, the Chargers, doing good, doing just fine. Justin Herbert's getting some reps in, of course, and... The offense seems to be clicking a little bit more, whatever it is. Um, Mike Williams, the wide receiver for the Chargers, had an interception, his first ever in his career, on the uh, Hail Mary that on um, the final play of the game. So he was able to not just deflect it and bat it down, but get an interception. So Chargers defense, anyone has that, they really have to thank Mike Williams, the wide receiver, because I thought that was an interesting tidbit to throw in. But those are, I know it's like five winners I had here, and a couple of them are combined, but... Um, the, the best winners of the week, I agree, are is Dolphins and Steelers and Jacksonville kind of tipping their cap there to the Jets for, for winning yet again because now they can do whatever they want to do this week. But I agree with your winners as well, too. What about the losers for you here, Wayne? Yeah, my losers uh, will lead it off with uh, the, the team that honestly I felt like was a team of destiny and realistically – like lucked into where they are right now as they head into week 17. The uh, the Washington football team. Now look, let's 
let's start it off with this. All they had to do was win one football game. They just had to beat the Carolina Panthers. Who let's let's be up front. They're not a good football team. The Panthers stink. Um, Alex Smith wasn't able to suit up this week. That's fine. But they got they got Dwayne. Uh, what's it called not Dwayne Haskins. They got Antonio Gibson back this week. So that's okay. But then they didn't have Terry McLaurin. That's okay. No worries. They got Dwayne Haskins, who people want to be their quarterback, who was the number one overall pick last year. That that organization, I don't know if you remember, laughed at the New York Giants for drafting Daniel Jones at pick, I believe, six. And Washington didn't even have to move up, and they got their the number one overall quarterback in the draft at pick 15. You know, they were making fun of the Giants for over a year. He got a chance to do it on national TV, make a name for himself, get the W against a really bad Carolina team, and say he brought his team to the playoffs. Well, Dwayne, Dwayne Hassan started off the week in a, a really bad way. Uh, he was seen in a strip club without a mask on. Like, I, I don't listen, your coach had cancer, right? So he's like, he's really, you know, can, can get COVID. So you were there at the strip club without a mask. Your coach had, you know, it's possible that he could get COVID from that. And it's just like the lack of just, he's just not a smart guy, put it that way, right? We'll, we'll, we'll keep it that way. And to be frank with you, they gave him every opportunity he could to make up for the team. Hey, we're going to strip away your captaincy. We're going to find you. Not a problem. He went out there. He looked awful as a quarterback. Like, I was so disappointed as I'm sitting there watching the, you know, the Cowboys-Eagles game, which we'll talk about in a little bit, um, you know, flicking back and forth and just seeing, like, Carolina just put it to them. And I'm like, I don't understand. You have a running back. Run the football. Carolina's not really good against the run. And they kept trying to pass it, and he just kept making mistakes. They went down 20 to nothing. 20 to nothing. And they just you couldn't get back into the game from there. Like, the way, like, their schedule looks and as we head into Week 17, like I said, like, they're still alive. You know, if they beat the Eagles, you know, they're it. If they lose, the winner of that Dallas Cowboys versus New York Giants game gets in. Really, really, really weird scenario. Um, <laughs> got the six-win team is going to be in the playoff, but hey, it is what it is. Um, Alex Smith is going to be back this week, so like, that's nice for them. Hopefully they get McLaren as well. As an Eagles fan, we'll talk about it. I hope the Eagles play them tight but lose at the end of the day, but... Um, I'd rather have the draft pick, but you never know. Um, so they're my number one losers of the week. They could have wrapped things up last week. Um, number two is the L.A. Rams. Uh, another awful performance. Like, you had a division on the line. Like, you could have beat Seattle. Really made a name for yourself as you head through the playoffs. And just to make things worse, like, Jared Goff got hurt in the process. So now they have the, the – start this AAF quarterback. I'm not even sure what this guy's name is. Wolford or something like that. I, I don't know. He, he was the leading touchdown passer, I believe, in that league before everything shut down with that league. Um, and they have to win, I believe, to be alive in the playoffs. Uh, they might be in mathematically for some sort of way, but um, but I believe they get a break because Arizona is going to be playing their backup quarterback as well. So keep an eye on that game. Uh, they're a loser. I feel like they could have put out a better performance against Russell Wilson. Uh, than they did. And then my latest loser is the Tennessee Titans. I get it. It was freezing cold in Green Bay. Honestly, between you and I, I wouldn't have wanted to play in that snow. Like, that, that looked miserable. It looked cold. Like, it was just terrible. And, like, to come out in that game knowing you have an advantage, like, you have Derrick Henry. Like, this is, like, perfect setting for you to play Green Bay. 
freezing cold, just pound the rock with Derrick Henry. I'm listening to the game I hear during the broadcast that Derrick Henry's actually not a cold weather guy. Like he doesn't like playing football in the cold weather, which is intriguing because as we head into uh, you know playoff football coming up here, the majority of the games will probably be outside in the cold because um, he's used to growing up in like the Alabama area. Um, and like it was just they became pass dependent too early. They let Aaron Rodgers get on a lead. And, uh, you know, Devontae Adams just shredded them. Um, and not to mention A.J. Dillon. If you guys don't know the name, make sure you know it for next year for fantasy football reasons, with Aaron Jones being in a contract here this year. A.J. Dillon is going to be the future running back of the Green Bay Packers. They drafted him in the second round this year. They're going to break him out for this playoffs. Watch out for the Packers in the NFC bracket um, as they head toward the Super Bowl. But, um, again, like, I know the Tennessee Titans, they're, they're still in the playoffs. But if they lose this week and the Colts win, they're out. And I believe the Titans have to play the Texans, and the Texans would love to play spoiler to the Titans. So really interesting scenario to watch out over there. And, I mean, th- those are realistically my, my losers from the week. And, uh, obviously, we'll, we'll dive into the, the Eagles-Cowboys game once uh, we hear from your losers. Yeah, my, uh, my my losers here, I'll just, just go ahead and start off here. Uh, first off, I have, of course, the Arizona Cardinals. I was really piping up and uh, really jumping on the Kyler Murray and Arizona Cardinals bandwagon earlier on this season. And I, I since need to walk a lot of that back, actually all of it, because that's just an odd... I mean, I don't even necessarily know what to say anymore. They they really had a chance, in my mind, to be, oh my gosh, maybe the Cardinals will win the division, and it'll be insane, and, you know, what will we talk about forever? Because, okay, how did the Arizona Cardinals do it? But instead, they, they, they keep falling, I mean, it seems. Um, they're now third in the division um, in the NFC West, and it's just... Uh, they should have beat San Francisco. San Francisco doesn't have a chance to make it to the make it to the playoffs. Um, didn't have a chance going into this week or whatever. Anyways, Dallas beat uh, beat San Francisco not too long ago by what seems like a lot, which I know at the end the score was only like eight or nine, but it's still Dallas put up like forty, and Arizona only put up twelve. Just kind of shows me that I should really probably just really walk back the Kyler Murray hype and bandwagon um, at least. And, and then, I mean, I could go on, I guess, for a while about the Cardinals. It's just when it comes down to the playoff picture here, too, they have a much tougher chance now. I believe if I have this right, they now have to beat the Rams to be in, of course. But they also just need help from, you know, everyone else above them to be able to make it in the playoffs. So that's, I mean, a tough loss there for the Cardinals. They only lost by eight. You would figure that Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray and... Whoever else could get him more than 12 points. I know DeAndre Hopkins went out at least during the game for some or part of it, but you kind of got to figure the Cardinals will be able to score more than 12 when the Cowboys scored 40 on the on the same team. And I know Dallas had that kind of fluke touchdown there at the end, but I, I don't know. Um, Arizona's on the bubble, and their playoff clinching scenario here is not just a you know when in your end thing. They um, <laughs> they they need some help. So I'll I'll leave it at, I'll leave it at that. Um, that you know they they can win or they can tie and Chicago can lose I guess. So I should walk that back a little bit, but still it's just a bunch of 
bunch of weird stuff. Um, next loser here is, and I've said it before, it's a, it's the Cleveland Browns. Um, I've been hard on Baker Mayfield. I've been tough on him the whole season. I walked that back a little bit, of course, when Cleveland's been playing better. And, you know, as we got closer down to it, it's, hey, the Steelers, if they had lost out, now they didn't, of course, they, they won against the Colts this last week. But if they had lost out, the Browns had a chance to win out and take that division. But instead, Cleveland loses to to the Jets. I, I, I don't know. I... I'm at a loss for words. I think they had to be overlooking this game. I know their whole wide receiver core was out for the game. But still, it's not like the Jets scored 50 and Cleveland couldn't keep up with them because they didn't have the wide receivers. It's more to me like that Cleveland couldn't stop the Jets from scoring a little bit and couldn't catch up with them or couldn't stay up with them either. So that's that's a tough, tough loss. Now, of course, Cleveland wins against Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh, as you said, is starting Mason Rudolph this weekend, so they're not necessarily going full strength and really trying to take out Cleveland. But if Pittsburgh, you know, if they Pittsburgh loses and Cleveland wins, then Cleveland's in, and, you know, all right, and that's kind of it, and whatever, we'll move on. But at the same point, I think Cleveland wouldn't, you know, might be able to clinch, I, I don't know exactly all the scenarios before this week, but might be able to clinch the playoff spot if they had just beat the Jets, which, come on. Beat the Jets. I mean, how hard is it? Um, third loser here, and this is just more, as I watched this game, knowing how it unfolded, that we only are seeing like half of what could have happened in this game as far as the score-wise. It makes me just kind of more and more annoyed with this team. And unfortunately, I, I have to say something about the Detroit Lions at some point. It's just, they scored seven. I know Matt Stafford wasn't in the game after like the first couple of plays or whatever. I know he went out in the first quarter, but they scored seven. And the Buccaneers defense has proven to be good, but not insanely good. Chase Daniels getting paid a ton of money every single year to be an amazing backup. Well, I get it if you want an amazing backup if your guy gets injured a lot as a starting quarterback, but Stafford has some stuff happen. He doesn't get injured all the time every single year. And also... It's not like Chase Daniel is like mentoring a young protege quarterback and keeping Dwayne Haskins or Sam Darnold or whoever may be kind of, you know, upright and making sure that that guy has positive encouragement. It's Matt Stafford is who he's backing up. So I don't get why the why the Lions are paying him that much. And Tom Brady went out after the first half. He didn't need to play the second half. The Lions were up an ungodly amount of points. And they finished the game up 47-7, to so it's not like this game was really ever close from the jump. But, I mean, Brady had, I believe, four touchdowns to four different receivers in the first half, and the Buccaneers look really, really good. It's just, it just really is a loss by the Lions. It's just, you got to be able to have some decency here and hold the opposing team to less amount of points, especially when it seems like the whole entire scenario here in Detroit with Matt Stafford and a bunch of other personnel is going to be flipped and changed and redone with probably a new GM, a new coach, and everything this offseason. So you figure the Lions, the players at least that are on the roster right now, we go, we got to be playing our hearts out to keep our roster spot because we don't know what's going to happen this offseason. And I, I mean, they were not able to fulfill any of that. Tom Brady just picked them apart like Tom Brady has in years past. But of course, this is like vintage Tom Brady with Randy Moss. Picking apart the Lions, not 43-year-old Tom Brady with, you know, I mean, granted, still a bunch of weapons, but not 40, this is 43-year-old Tom Brady just picking apart another NFL team. None of the Lions aren't that good on the defensive side, but 
still, it's just, you allowed your team to lose by 40 points in an NFL game is just, it's always going to be mind-boggling to me. So those are my uh, three losers here from the past week. What about the Eagles? How much do you want to talk about them? And of course, we played each other. Um, but I know you've got some opinions on Jalen Hurts, so I'll just—I mean—I'll let you go out of here. Yeah, for sure. And just a, a, one more touch point on that Detroit Lions thing. I, I don't think they had like any coaches. Like that, that was a whole mess. Like, There's some like random guy in the front office, I think, calling the plays, and he had no idea what he was doing. And you know, they don't have a coach or anything. So I mean, they're just kind of evaluating what they had the rest of the year, and they're going to hire a new GM and a a new coach and, you know, to swing it into the Eagles, maybe that coach is going to be Doug Peterson because let me be completely frank with you. I am, as an Eagles fan, a little bit upset that they're eliminated from playoff contention, but I'm pretty happy that it's going to be a top 10 pick as we head into, you know, next season. Another thing I'm not happy about is that the general manager is Howie Rosen making that selection. He missed this year on not selecting Justin Jefferson. And you guys have heard me rant about it, the DK Metcalf thing the year before. And like, He's drafted one Pro Bowl player since 2012. Do you know who that Pro Bowl offensive player is? Carson Wentz, who people want ran out of town. Um, so just to start it off here, um, again, like I said, it, we'll, we'll dive into the game. I'm not going to go through stats and stuff, but I'll just kind of give you like the standpoint of what people are seeing here in the city and you know what they saw during the game. Uh, we're currently eliminated, and we sit at the number six overall pick in the draft. If there is three miracles this week, we jump up to number three. Probably won't happen. We'll probably sit at six unless we win. Um, Jalen Hurts, who everybody put in the Hall of Fame, everyone in Philadelphia, uh, just three weeks ago. And I've said on this podcast, just pump the brakes a little bit, guys. Like, dude, he beat the Saints. Like, wow, he beat the best defense in football. He's really good. He's great. And I've always said, just wait until a team gets film on him. New Orleans didn't know what they were preparing for. They, they've never seen him play. They probably had to watch his college tapes to prepare for him. So you really didn't know what you were getting, and you got a crazy run game. It's like, wow, maybe the Eagles are just going to run the football the rest of the year. It's going to be exciting. Then the following week, people lose their mind again. He throws for three touchdowns. He rushes for another. Like, and But the Eagles lost. right? The Eagles lost the game, and he didn't score at the end of the game when he needed to. And people were going nuts. Like, it's great. We have our future quarterback. He's great. Again, I've always said, pump the brakes. It's two games. Wait until somebody has film on him. So keep in mind, like, the Arizona defense is ranked number 10 in the league. So it's like, that's a pretty good defense. You know, and he, he threw for three touchdowns. So it's nice. But again, they didn't know what to expect. They never really saw him throw the ball because the week before it was like just running the football. Nonetheless, they lost. And then they come into the Dallas game. Let's be upfront. Let's be honest with each other. Dallas' defense is not good at all. They're really not a good defense. They very well underperformed this year. They have a couple good players on the defensive side of the ball, but they've underperformed. Man, did this guy look lost. They jumped out to be 14, up 14 to 3. You know, they had a rushing touchdown with Miles Sanders, and then they had a deep ball to Deshaun Jackson. People were retweeting all over my Twitter feed. Man, this is going to be great for years to come. Great. You should have seen this thing, like, flip from this is it. We're going to the Super Bowl to. You know, like, the, wow, like, we really are a mess. Um, he finished the game with 18.6 QBR. Let me make that clear. 18.6 QBR. He's not as bad as Carson Wentz. Uh, he played awful. One touchdown, two interceptions. The interceptions were terrible. Um, and 
I'm going to go back to my, and I'm going to verify it again for you guys as well. Carson Wentz will be the starting quarterback week one next year. Just make sure you understand that and go into the offseason with that understanding. He's going to be the Eagles quarterback next year, whether it be with Doug, Peter, Doug Peterson or with a an, another coach. Um, and, you know, we can talk about coaches that I'd love to see them go after, but it's going to be a new look because if you look at this Eagles team, if you look at it, you're what? Four starting quarterbacks away from not winning a game this year. Think about it for a second. You're four starting quarterbacks away from not winning a game this year. And an uh, and, uh, Evan Ingram drop, right? Think about it, right? The, the Eagles beat the, the Giants. Evan Ingram dropped a wide open pass, right? So, I mean, if you knock that W off, boom. They beat Nick Mullins, not as a starter. Boom. Taysom Hill, he's not Drew Brees. Boom. Click that one off. So like you gotta you sit back here and and you gotta laugh, right? And like it's it's embarrassing. And people are seeing like, oh, it's it's a quick fix, and they just want these band-aids. They they just want to put a band-aid on this team. Like Jalen Hurts is gonna fix everything. Jalen Hurts is not, and I said this last week. You can put a band-aid on something and it will cover something up for two weeks, but at some point that band-aid is gonna be full of blood and it's gonna, you know, need need to be replaced. Jalen Hurts is in a real weird spot right now, right? There's statistics that came out from Carson Wentz's first three starts versus Jalen Hurts' first three starts. And the numbers are pretty intriguing to me. And like I said, I, I've been the biggest Wentz backer. You know, when Carson Wentz's first three starts, it's 3-0. Five touchdowns, no interceptions, completion percentage, 64.7. was only sacked four times. Jalen Hurts, who everyone put in the Hall of Fame two weeks ago because everyone was just so sick and loves to run players out of town in Philadelphia, has been 1-2 and two in his first two starts. Five touchdowns, same thing, but two interceptions. And a 54.8 completion percentage and was sacked nine times. After that Saints game, everyone said he doesn't get sacked. He does not go down. Again, I said you need to let this guy develop. And I don't want to get too much into the, obviously, talk about that. Because, like, the Cowboys came out. Like, Andy Dalton played his ass off. Like, the guy was phenomenal. And, like, was very, very impressed with how the Cowboys offense really came together. And, I mean, that's how their offense was supposed to look this year. So it's like I gotta give them credit where credit's due. Um, I think this should be a wake up call for the Eagles to be upfront with you. Um, they got really complacent, and I think that it's not too early to let go of Doug Peterson. Um, he's still riding that 2017 Super Bowl, and he's progressively pretty much like they've had a slow falling since then, right? They won a Super Bowl, uh, lost in the divisional round the next year, lost in a wild card last year, and missed the playoffs this year. Very similar to, I'm going to give you another Philadelphia franchise, the Philadelphia Phillies when they won the World Series. They won the World Series, lost in the World Series, lost in the championship series, lost in the divisional round, and then boom, missed the playoffs. And haven't been good since. And I'm really concerned that we're going to go down this path here with the Eagles if they don't make a decision. And people say, Wayne, you're overreacting. Like, if you look at the overall makeup of this, like I said, the Eagles team, if you take away those backup quarterbacks, the Eagles probably don't win what the four games they have right now, right? So it's a really tough spot to be in. Uh, like I said, they sit at pick six, and and I'm going to be up front with you when I say this. People are like, we should draft Jamar Chase, or if Devontae Smith's there, draft him. I'm personally on the, we need a corner guy on the other side of Darius Slay to, you know, kind of slow down these offenses. But the Eagles have so many holes. I would not be surprised if they take their, like, number six overall pick if that's how it finishes. 
and trades back like four spots and gets up King's ransom of other picks later on in the draft because they need to fix a lot of things on that defense and on the offensive side of things. And if it means moving back a few spots just to do that, you might have to do that. Um, they get to play spoiler this week. Like I said, they're playing Washington. There's all these tweets that are coming out from like players saying like, we have a, a no hat rule this week. Like we don't want people on our field celebrating winning the division. Um, so if, like I said, put yourself in this situation like with the Eagles, how poorly ran the organization is, I would say, is that if you think that the Eagles are just going to lie down and like take a, a loss to go into the year and have a really good high draft pick, uh, you're crazy because the Eagles don't like to operate like that. They like to have a worse pick and win a meaningless game. So uh, the smart bet would be to bet the Eagles this week. But uh, that's my running bet to the Eagles. Like I said, nothing to take away from the Cowboys play good football. Like I can't sit here and, and fight you on like, oh man, like, you know, you beat her backups. Oh, you like, it doesn't matter. Like Andy Dalton played perfection at football. And I got applauded from that because I've never seen the Eagles quarterback look that good this year. The way the game started, of course, immediately made me just very scared for my life uh, as far as a Cowboys fan and how I was going to be able to talk to you this next week because it was just such a quick bam, bam. Okay. All of a sudden the Eagles are up 14 to three and Dallas looks lost. And then you're right, though. Dallas was able to make an adjustment or five and stump Jalen Hurts. And Dallas did enough to win the game, clearly. But also, stuff just started clicking for Dallas that hasn't really the whole season. And I say that with a very temperamental and kind of like, and eh, I'm not going to drum up a lot of resoundment and excitement for this Dallas team because it was like, all right, the second Fletcher Cox went out and Andy Dalton had a little bit of time to throw. Dallas was good, and that that's putting it way too simplistically, but Michael Gallup went off and had a ton of points, CeeDee Lamb went off and had a ton of points, you know, both fantasy-wise, what I'm saying here, but they both had multiple touchdown catches, too, which they haven't in a long, long time, and it's good to see Dallas's offense click, I'm not going to lie at all with that, it's good to see Ezekiel Elliott back on the field and doing something, it's good to see Tony Pollard, you know, week to week in the, you know, in the games, and Playing okay, too. I'm happy at this point that, hey, you know what? All things considered, if Dallas wins you know, this weekend, and of course the Eagles win, too, then Dallas is in the playoffs. And at this point, Dallas's, you know, tankathon, you know, draft pick is 11th right now. And I think it could drop down to, you know, anywhere up to 7, depending on if 7 through 10 seeds all have 5 wins right now. And... So if they win a game and Dallas loses, you know, they could drop down to seven or something. I don't think it could be that far because of scenarios and all type of stuff, whatever. But there's also a log jam there right at six to nine. And I mean, seeds 11 through 15 in the draft pick order could all change too. So I'm not like, oh my gosh, Dallas has won these games these past couple weeks. And now all of a sudden now we want to have a great draft pick. And we need a lot. We need defensive help for sure. I've been saying that for a little bit now we need offensive line help but we also need those guys to get healthy and we we, we just need help with uh, several different areas the quarterback position you and I've talked about several times I don't know what Dallas is going to do I mean no idea but I hope it's honestly at this point draft a quarterback because so much money is tied up with Zeke and 
Amari Cooper's deal isn't for forever, and CeeDee Lamb's got a rookie deal, and, you know, Blake Jarwin just signed a deal. He's our tight end. He's, of course, injured, but, you know, I'm sure Dalton Schultz looks good every so often at tight end, too. I just know we've got guys to pay, so I'd rather go get the needs that we really need from the draft and signing Dalton for, like, another year, $1 million. I know that's not going to happen. I know that's not the way Dallas can function. I know it's probably going to be, hey, we're going to sign Dak. But I know that we should be doing a little bit better. Um, we should have some bigger and better hopes heading into the offseason than we did definitely a long time ago. Um, definitely definitely halfway through the season I was going, oh, this is the worst. But now I'm going, all right, Dallas has won three games in a row. So, I mean... Kind of whoopty freaking do, but because our strength of schedule isn't you know that tough. But I don't, I don't know. Um, it it's really really hard for me to go. Oh, you know what? I'm super happy with how the Dallas season is gone because so many guys have been injured because it's such a uh, what are we even doing? You know, I mean, it's so hard to tell if this is a good team, a bad team, or you know, mediocre, or if it's just kind of the best outcome we could have hoped for a couple weeks ago when we. Lost to the Eagles the first time I played you guys. So, I'm excited with the future of the Dallas Cowboys. I do not think we would be able to do anything past the wild card round in the playoffs. I think the wild card round is even a stretch to think that we're going to win that game because all the wild card teams seem pretty darn tough this year in the NFC, as they do every year. And if Dallas does get in the playoffs, it's going to be at 7-9. and nine. What's also funny is that if Washington gets into the playoffs, they're also 7-9. and nine. So there will definitely be one team in the playoffs in the NFC East that uh, will not have a winning record or even a 500 record when you know when we see it. I just I'm happy that we won. Have we beat the Eagles? Because of course it matters. It's a divisional game. It's of course it matters to get players' confidence up and reps and you know all that off the field stuff that you can't really measure helps out a lot. But then also the on the field stuff too of the. You know, more practice time, you know, and better quality opponents that you're playing week to week. But also, really, you you just, you have better reps. Um, you know, you have more practice against, you know, teams in NFL games. That's all you can really hope for at this part in the season when you don't have that much necessarily to hope for and going on in the playoffs. If we do win and Washington loses, awesome. I'll be excited. I'll be happy. I'll be rooting for Dallas. And whoever we can play, um, you know, in the playoffs. And if we do not win and we lose, okay, all right. Well, I'm still going to watch the playoffs. I mean, it's the NFL playoffs. Uh, it's not like that's going to take me out of it. I'm just, I'm lukewarm on the Cowboys heading forward. I just am really tender about the whole quarterback situation. What do we do? And granted, I've heard this like 7 million times. Why do I care about the money thing? It's not like it's my money. It's not coming out of my pocket. The same point, that's always like the owner's excuse for why we didn't sign somebody. So I'd rather not have that excuse built in uh, later on down the road of, oh, well, we're never going to sign a good running back again because we signed Zeke. Well, okay, there's different philosophies and different ideas. So I'd rather just go, you know what, let's just play it safe and Say, hey, you know what, Dak, we, we've seen you in the Cowboys uniform for multiple years now. I think your best possible season as a Dallas Cowboys quarterback, as far as the winning percentage, the 13-3 is behind you. So let's see what we can do with another guy. 
And if it is Ohio State's quarterback or somebody else, cool. I would much rather get the Ohio State quarterback or to trade for a quarterback than really anyone else in the draft. We're not getting Trevor Lawrence. I'm not even trying to say that's a possibility. But those are my at least thoughts on the Dallas Cowboys after we you know beat the Eagles, which was a great win. Don't get me wrong. It's just at this point in the season, it's not like, oh my gosh, I can't believe we knocked off the Steelers right in the playoffs and we're on a huge... It's like, dude, we've, we beat the Eagles and we beat the Bengals and, you know, we don't have, you know, we beat the 49ers. You know, all three of those teams have losing records to end out the season. Those are our three wins in a row. So I'm not, I'm not just overboard excited with how this Dallas Cowboys season is ending because those three wins, if you told me a couple weeks ago, hey, we're going to win all three games, I go, Niners game probably is going to be a little bit of a one where I don't see it happening, but the other two, I, who knows? And of course end up where we won all three so not mad about a win not gonna be mad about a win especially in this scenario but then again I, I'm, I'm not gonna be super overjoyed heading the playoffs because it's not like we beat world beaters and you know playoff teams either yeah no i got you i, I hear where you're coming from so if you guys make the playoffs right because i'll be upfront with you i don't like washington just they just look bad they they don't they don't deserve to be where they're at right now. Like, I think they just tripped and fell, and they realized, like, oh boy, we're not supposed to be in the situation. Like, this was a rebuilding year for us to like really see what they have. Like, look at their wide receivers. Like, <laughs> outside of Terry McLaurin, like who? Like the the Sims guy. Like, I don't. Even, I couldn't even tell you their next receiver is after that. Like, yeah, Logan Thomas is a cool bright spot they found, who's a converted quarterback. But like. These guys weren't supposed to be anything special here. Their defense is great. Like I'm, I'm glad they at least know they have a defense. Um, I'd be curious to see how many interviews that defensive coordinator gets for a head coaching job. Out of just out of curiosity, um, but like I look at Dallas, I feel like Dallas or the Giants, whoever wins that game, is going to be the the winner. Because I just I know the Eagles aren't going to lay down like I would love them to. Um, then they're going to win a game where they're not. It just does nothing good for them. And, um, you know, I look at Dallas. I'm like, you guys could – I mean, your defense is coming along. you got to give them credit, right? Like, you have to give them credit. Like, they have played well. And I look at the Giants. The Giants have a good defense. They just locked up Logan Ryan. Shout out Rutgers uh, for another three years. And – but they're – you know, Daniel Jones isn't 100%. Like, he can barely run. And – I just I don't know they they seem like a mess and I feel like Dallas has the best chance to get in the playoffs. Um, if you guys get in, would you be the four seed? You'd be playing who? You'd be playing what the five seed? So that would be that be the Rams. Yeah, it's the best. Um, theoretically, throw the tiebreaker scenarios. Yeah, that's the best wild card team, right? So it's not really a. Not a great look for us there either. The Rams, though, um, they are beatable. We've played them once they don't this have, season. They might have Jared Goff. Yeah. I mean, there you go. Yeah. There you go. There's your answer. <laughs> that, so guy, that could be a W. I guess I could see it. us winning the wild card round in that scenario. Yes, but after that, uh, I mean, well, here's my question for you. Right, mm-hmm. you win a playoff game. Let's just say you get there, you win a playoff game. Andy Dalton's your quarterback. What what is, what is Dallas doing? Are they really going to take? that from Andy Dalton and being like, hey, we're going to go give all this money to Dak Prescott head back to the bench? 
Or are they going to say to Dak, like, I like the way our team played down the stretch. We won, let's just say, if you guys win this week and you win a playoff game five straight with Andy, um, who got dealt with a concussion issue early in the year, we're going to, you know, move in another direction. Like, I just, I don't know. I don't think Dak Prescott's going to get the money he wants. I just don't think it's out there for him. I, I don't think it's out there either. I I think what'll happen in that scenario, let's say Andy Dalton wins a playoff game, Dallas makes it in, et cetera. And I know we're I'm jumping through two hoops to say that, but let's say that happens. Then I think a team comes in and signs Andy Dalton because he's only signed for one year. And Dallas Oh, he's in a one year deal. Yeah, and Dallas lets him be signed. Gotcha. At least I, I was think it is. Reason. Maybe it is too. Um, you know, I'll double check here myself real quick. But I believe Dallas is in a position where they could just go, hey, you know what? Thanks so much for, you know, basically being a backup and coming in and playing starter minutes for us or so. But, you know, like it's been great. I, um, I, I, I'm, and Dalton's good, you know, not great. He's just signed for, but he is signed for a one year, $3 million contract. I looked it up real quick here, just double check. And so, yeah, if, if he is, a playoff winning quarterback here and Dallas kind of has enough stats to prove, Hey, he actually played pretty good, et cetera, et cetera. Then I, I do think that Dallas goes, Hey, thanks so much, but you're 33. We're not paying you. We'll let somebody else do it. And there probably is somebody out there. Who's we, we talked about you several think, different teams. You think so? You don't yeah. think Dallas would come back and say, Hey, here's two years, $14 million. And then they draft the quarterback, let's say, in the second or third round this year? I like, are you I like real, that are you idea. Really, I, I are like you really that idea. Are give Dak Prescott want... that much money after that injury? Like, I just, I physically just, I couldn't do it. I physically couldn't do it if I was a general manager. So I love that idea. I I mean, I really do. Of uh, Hey, let, you know what? Let's just run it back with that healthier offensive line and all these guys that any adults and passing to. I, I personally do like that idea. But so far, Jerry Jones has said we're re-signing Dak, you know, at least after the right of the injury. I know he said that for sure. And then as we get closer and closer to the draft, it it's hard for me to imagine a team where, you know, Dallas backtracks on that, you know, on that kind of, hey, we're going to sign Dak. And if Dak comes back at full strength, I, I would assume also there's something where Dak doesn't expect to be signed for 140 mil. That's my hope here. Um. Do you guys think really you franchise him again? Is something something similar to that. I I don't think we'd franchise him. I just really hope Dak goes, yeah, you know what? I've had this devastating injury. I'll take 135 or, you know, or I'll take 35 mil a year instead of 40 mil a year as a quarterback. Uh, you know, Kirk Cousins type money, which I think at the time was still pretty darn crazy, but something like that. Because Dak's amazing and really, really good. It's just once you have that weird ankle injury, then you really want to fran- like we'd really want to franchise Dak next year. I just don't think uh, maybe Dak just goes, I'm not going to do it. And Dallas goes, screw it. We're signing the franchise and move on because Dallas can decide to do that. And Dak can decide not to sign it, but Dallas can still say, we're, Hey, we're franchising here or nothing. We want to see how you play one year and back from it. And then whatever. Um, and I personally like the idea of re-signing Andy Dalton for a team friendly deal, you know, two years, 20 mil or, or whatever it is. And then drafting a quarterback who has that kind of, you know, Brett Favre and Rodgers type of deal where he learns under the, you know, the starting quarterback for a year or two and then starts. 
At the same time, I could also see Andy Dalton getting signed by like the 49ers if they're done with you know their whole situation or another team that goes, you know what, all we need is some guy who's stable and able to be healthy for multiple games in a row for us to be good. And yeah, Andy Dalton's not been the healthiest guy for forever and this year he's had a concussion. But I, I feel as though there is the there is a scenario where Andy Dalton just is signed by another team this offseason because Dallas is like, hey, dude, we're not doing four years, you know, or three years or whatever. And Andy Dalton's like, all right, well, hey, I'm going to sign with them. And Dallas goes, cool, man, have with it, you know, go for it. I don't know. My, my thing is, like I said, I, I don't know if Dallas wants to, like I said, Jerry and Stephen Jones are, I mean, they're, they're kind of smart with their money. Like they said, they're not just going to, you know, pay a guy to pay a guy, right? That was their whole thing with Dak. Like, we're not going to set the market. We're not doing that. Um, so I don't know necessarily. I feel like they're going to say, hey, we'll give you like a one year, $20 million deal with Dak. You know, I could see that being realistic. Um, I just feel like they're, they they have to address the defensive side of the ball, and I think they know that. And don't me wrong, like I said your defense has played well down the stretch, but they know, they know money needs to be spent in other places, in other areas. They definitely do. The other thing too here is that I think Andy Dalton and and Dallas Cowboys, and even if Washington wins or if New New York wins, whatever. I just had to double check it here. The Buccaneers will be actually the fifth seed. It looks weird when you pull it up because the Buccaneers are clinched a playoff spot. So they're like already like above all of the other teams. Um, but that'd be a fun the, game. But the Saints <laughs> clinched the division, and the Buccaneers, of course, have clinched the second seed in the NFC South, but they've clinched the playoff berth. So the Buccaneers will be the team that no matter who wins the NFC East, the Buccaneers will be the team that uh, the NFC East opponent plays. And that will be a horrendous matchup, um, to say the least. <laughs> so, oh well, right? Oh well. Oh well. Oh well. <laughs> With all that being said, what are some games as we head into Week 17 here? You know, as you said earlier, there, you know, there's definitely a couple of teams that are gonna be resting guys. Steelers, one of them. What are some matchups you're looking to as we head into Week 17, last week of the season, the regular season? Yeah, the one, I, the one I'm most intrigued by. And I get attacked for liking this guy all the time. Um, I was watching the Chicago Bears versus the Green Bay Packers. Um, the Packers did not clinch the number one seed. They have to win this upcoming week. Um, Mitch Trubisky has looked great the last four games. Like, as soon as they got in, a new offense coordinator. Um, wow. Like, they put up 40 points, I believe, three straight games. Something like that. And. I think the last time that was done by a Bears quarterback was like in 1965 or something. And like Mitch just looks like the guy that they drafted. Like that's what they're looking for. Now, I believe they're home, which is a nice benefit for them. Um, but again, like how much is Green Bay going to really put the you know pedal to the metal? Or are they going to like – take the foot off the gas halfway through and it kind of did the scoreboard watching thing um, because the game means a lot more to Chicago than it does mean to Green Bay, but Green Bay would love to knock Chicago out and kind of put them back into a situation where they have to look for another quarterback again. Um, the New York Giants uh, versus the Cowboys, obviously, I'm just intrigued by it. Um, the game is up in New York, which is... Different from the first setting. I think the last time they played, right, that was when Andy Dalton came in relief when Dak got hurt. 
So definitely curious to see how that one looks. Um, I'm kind of like, I hope it's a good game. I hope it's not one of those blowouts. And um, the Buffalo versus Miami game, like may not look like everything in the world on paper, but if Buffalo beats Miami, Indianapolis wins this week. Miami misses the playoffs and Indianapolis gets in. But it's again, it's, how much does Buffalo play their starters? Because they're in that situation where they have the playoffs starting in a week. They're not getting a bye. They have a pretty good matchup. But again, like they're locked in as the two seed, right? So I think they play the hottest team right now. They got into the playoffs, which is Baltimore. So I'm kind of curious to see what Buffalo does. Do they lay down and move down a spot um, and kind of avoid that matchup? But uh, those are really three games I'm intrigued by outside of – I don't even know. I'll watch the Eagles game a little bit this week, you know, casually. Um, but I'm really excited. To, I, Mitch Trubisky, I, I'm, <laughs> I hope this guy doesn't let me down again. He's looking for another contract too, so. Yeah, the, the games we'll be watching, you might have let off with this one, is uh, Cardinals-Rams. That has playoff implications all over it. And Cardinals need to win, and then they're in. But Rams need to win, and they're in. So, yeah, kind of kind of back and forth there a little bit. So, it'll be interesting to see how that works out. And, yeah, I mean, should be a good game. I, I did have to double-check. All the NFL games this week are all on Sunday. So, that'll be a lot of fun just to be able to... Flip on red zone and go for it. Of course, the Sunday night football game was definitely one I'll be tuning in for to see if Washington can lose while I'm a, an Eagles fan for at least one week. And uh, probably only one week. But still, this week will be the week that I'm an Eagles fan. And then the, the other matchups I'm looking forward to are, I mean, of course, Cowboys-Giants. I'll definitely be watching that one. But it, it's it's some of the probably like lesser, you know, types of matchups, whatever. How much are the Colts going to beat the Jaguars by? How much are the Titans going to beat the Texans by? You know, do the Raiders have any fight left in them against the Broncos? Or, you know, both those teams aren't making the playoffs. And necessarily it doesn't matter a ton what their draft order is going to be. I mean, really, I can figure out if one wins and one loses. So that'll be an interesting one. And then the Chiefs have the playoff berth locked up. They probably have the number one overall seed looked up, uh, locked up. Excuse me, that I was gonna um, double check on, but they're playing the Chargers and the Chargers divisional opponent. So you know, does Justin Herbert get a, you know, get a little bit of a you know matchup or so with them? And I you know see how Patrick Mahomes plays against them or whatever it is. But also the Chiefs just go, hey, screw, hey, we're we're sitting guys. Like, listen, we're we're sitting guys. Because the Chiefs, I think they have the number one seed overall locked up in the AFC no matter what, because they only have one loss, and you know the next teams that are you know in the hunt or clinched have three losses. So Chiefs have the number one seed locked up. But just be interesting to see if the Chargers Chiefs game is close. If the Chiefs want a better win than they had last week, since they only beat the Falcons by three, or if um, if the Chiefs are going, we've been here before, we're good, we're just, you know, sitting everyone, we don't want any weird injuries as we head into the playoffs, and, I mean, Chiefs for almost every single week look amazingly good. I didn't mention this week, I don't think you did either in winners or losers, and it's because, really, I was kind of stunned at how the game went, and I can't really say, at this point in the season, that team that wins is a loser, but only beating the Falcons by three is something to ponder, something to ponder as we head in here. 
Um, of course, the Chiefs will have a bye week and then play whoever, but something to think about here as the Chiefs had in the playoffs is that they did barely beat the Falcons, who are now, you know, the Falcons are finishing the season at like, you know, 4-11 and or, you know, maybe 5-11 and or 4-12. and That's just a rough year for them, but... But yeah, those those are the games I'm looking forward to. Um, you, you said a bunch of them as well already. You know, I mean the Packers Bears, another division rivalry. That'll be a lot of fun to watch too. They, you know, I know you mentioned that, but but just wanted to add in my point for a second. Yeah, no, I mean I'm right there with you. Um, it's uh, it's definitely a really really uh weird year for football. I'm just gonna put it at that. I, a lot of my predictions and stuff have been so off this year. And uh, like I said, you could go back to our uh, opening, you know, NFC East conversation. And I, I, how far I was so wrong about the Eagles and Cowboys being a two-team division and being the two other teams, the Washington team and Giants really being the teams in the lead all the way down the stretch until Dallas came back into the picture. So, oh, yeah, yeah. 2020 is almost over, right? <laughs> Definitely. So once we see that 2021, which, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong here, but every single NFL game from this weekend on is in 2021. So have a lot of fun with it. Of course, we'll have our uh, playoff preview-ish next week after the games are over on top of the winners and losers and, you know, some, uh, I'm sure some Dallas Cowboys and Eagles talk a little bit here and there too after the games. But Wayne, as always, thanks so much for joining me here on the latest episode of the CGA Tour podcast. Please follow at the CGA Tour on Twitter and Instagram for more, and we'll catch you guys again soon.